Our first uh, Bible reading this afternoon is from Mark chapter 3, verses 3 through to 13. 13. Thank you, sorry. (laughs) Mark 13. Signs of the end of the age. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them. And our text, and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to to death and father, and the father his child and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. We then turn to Acts chapter 1, commencing at verse 6 through to 11. The Ascension. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of our Lord. Let us bow our heads and ask the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. And while we are now preaching from your word, and your word is going to be exposed, Lord, we pray that you will open our eyes so that we can see how, Lord, 
Jesus Christ on the heavenly throne, our ears so that we can hear the gospel that needs to be preached, and our hearts, that our hearts will be receptive. Father, we ask that you will change us to your servant every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text verse, verse 10. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. That's the topic. The gospel must first be preached. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, if you were here last week, Jesus Christ told us not to be alarmed about the things that are happening in this world, the hurricanes, the earthquakes, that, and also the rumors of war, although the world is burning. And we know there are terrible things happening all over the world. Things that concerns us. Things that concern us about our future and the future of our children. For example, this new abortion law that was approved by WA that Greg mentioned this morning. And I went to look this afternoon to just a few of the changes. Allow sex selection abortion. If you don't want a girl or boy, you can abort. Allows abortion of healthy babies to birth for psychosocial reasons. And allows babies to be aborted simply because they are suspected of having Down syndrome. We know that babies are human beings, formed and created by God himself. Not just cells or just the fetus. And so we read in the word of the Lord, Psalm 139, verse 13, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. And when you hear this, you ask, why is God waiting to return? Humanity has seen so many terrible wars. World War I, II, the war between Russia and Ukraine, and the persecution of Christians everywhere. And it's becoming worse. And now our Lord Jesus Christ is telling us it will become even more worse than that. And so the earth has become wet with the tears of victims all over the world. Rachel is weeping. Matthew 2 verse 16 to 18. As even more babies will be killed in Australia. Jesus did not tell us how and when he would, ret he would return. And this was because Jesus was busy with his disciples. We asked him the question in Mark 13 verse 4, Tell us when will these things be, and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? But still we ask, Why is God not giving us the new earth and the new heaven as he has promised? Why? Jesus answers in our Bible reading. By something that we need to do. The church should come in action. The gospel must first be preached. He told his disciples this in Mark 13 verse 10. And when they did not understand, he again answered them with his ascension to heaven. In Acts 1, disciples still thought that they were the center point of time. And when they are not there anymore, when the temple would be destroyed... It would be the end of the world. In Acts 1, we saw 
that even after Mark 13, they did not understand. And again, they asked Jesus, when would there be an Israelite kingdom on earth? They did not understand how big God's kingdom in reality was. And there, as a pastor, a rabbi, Jesus rectified softly their misunderstanding just before he ascended to heaven. This was not the kingdom of Israel in its full glory, but the age of the Holy Spirit to come. And therefore, Jesus taught the disciples that they should not ask for the time and the circumstances of the kingdom of God in its fullness. We read in Acts 1 verse 7, It's not for you to know times or seasons that a father has fixed by his own authority. This is now the time of the gospel. And we know that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, Peter understood finally, and he preached with vigor. The time of the gospel that needed to be proclaimed, and when the time appointed by the Lord is come, which is unknown to all creatures, and the number of the elect is complete, then Jesus will come from heaven bodily and visibly as he ascended with great glory and majesty, to declare himself as the judge of the living and the dead. The Lord will burn this old world in fire and flame to cleanse that. Second Peter 3, and also our confession, the Belgian Confession, Article 37. And so we know that a church should not be busy with determining the times and the seasons that a father fixed by his authority. But we should be busy with our task to proclaim the gospel. Call people to repentance and faith. And so we need to ask ourselves, are we doing enough to preach the gospel? Do we think and pray about those who are lost? A lot of people say, there's no sense in the world. They are all depressed and feeling worthless. Suicide is on the rise. And over 3,000 deaths by suicide occur each year in Australia. Last week, two in the mountains. And our economy, with its rising inflation, is not helping. People are desperate. They need the gospel. And so the preaching of the gospel is the reason why we are still here, the reason why the end of the world has not come yet. Let us put our Bible reading in perspective. And Jesus is doing this in verse 9. He gives a perspective about world history at the times after his ascension to heaven. He said to his church of all times, you must be on guard. And he then tells that we will be handed over to local councils flocked in the synagogues. An account of me you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them. If you read the book of Acts, Jesus again said, You will be my witnesses. These things happened to the disciples. Paul and the apostles, they were persecuted, handed over to local councils, the Sanhedrin, and Paul even witnessed before Governor Felix and King Agrippa. Exactly as Jesus said. But what about us? 
sometimes we find it difficult to understand our text verse because we are and we think we are in the center of the world as well, just as the disciples thought. We hear of persecution, <coughs> but this is in different countries like in the Middle East. I don't know anyone of us who were in court because they were Christian. Yeah, there's a Presbyterian pastor now in Victoria because he preached the word. But none of us were flogged, beaten, or even killed for our faith. But this is happening all over the world. And followers of Jesus should expect the most painful kind of rejection, betrayal, as they stand for Jesus. It's easy for us to underestimate how difficult a time of persecution can be. And while few Christians in the Western world face persecution, Christians in other parts of the world often face these trials at this moment. Someone writes, If I came from an Orthodox Jewish family, they might consider me a blasphemer and account me dead for my Christian faith. If I came from a strict Muslim family, I will be rejected by my family, and if I'm living in the Middle East, be killed for my faith in Jesus. If I come from a Hindu family in India, I will be martyred for Jesus, as it recently happened, and the Christians are persecuted. This is reality. In China, I am allowed to practice, but as they want, otherwise, we need to go on the ground. Christianity is now allowed only under their conditions. And they are busy writing a new communist Bible as well to suit their communist agenda. In Sudan, I will be killed or enslaved by a Muslim army. In Indonesia, I might be given a choice by Muslims, convert to Islam or die. Or I might have my church bombed during a worship service. In Pakistan, I might, might be jailed by Muslim government officials. And so researchers estimate that since the day of Pentecost, more than 43 million Christians were killed for their faith. And the persecution index opened by provided by Open Doors, listed 28 countries with strong or massive persecution. In another 23 countries, Christians suffer discrimination. Some religions severe harassment. Beware, Jesus said, it will happen to all. Church of all times. Things will get harder. And so the Greek word for witness is martyrion, martyr. In early Christian church, someone was only a martyr if he was persecuted, if he was willing to die for his faith in Jesus. If someone was willing to testify about Jesus in all circumstances. And so the classic example is certainly the Apostle Paul, who wanted to be in Rome to testify about Jesus, but failed every time. And he wrote about this in Romans 1 verse 8 to 10. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. 
For God is my witness, whom whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will I may now, now at last succeed in coming to you. And then Paul went to Rome, but he was in shackles. And the Lord allowed him to do as a prisoner what he could not do as a free man. He was brought to Felix, Agrippa, and in the end, the Roman emperor himself, he stood before the most important man in the world, and he proclaimed Jesus and the gospel of life. And therefore, Paul could only confess, 2 Timothy 2, verse 8 to 9, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, has preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. The word of God will never be chained, never be bound. The word of God will be proclaimed. And to proclaim the gospel is the most important task and mission of the church. The gospel must be proclaimed. Verse 10. Jesus' task and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And we do not know when the end will be here. Only the Lord fixed that time alone. But we need to be on guard like Jesus said we would be. Trust that the future is in God's hand. Yes, we do see, we experience how we are tested more and more. We see how serious the times have become. We see how the foundations of the family are destroyed. High divorce rates, rebellious children, conversion law in Victoria, babies that are killed. We experience natural disasters more and more. We see how the prophecies of the Old Testament are coming in fulfillment. Micah 7 verse 6, For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother, the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jesus warned that these things would be happening. In Mark 13 verse 12. What should we do? We should proclaim the gospel. Call people to repentance and faith, to hope in Jesus Christ. We should continue to proclaim the gospel, stand firm in our faith in the word of God, and so our text verse is the most important, and the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And so the disciples had to realize in Mark 13 as well, they can't be spectators anymore. They have to be witnesses. There's a gospel that needs to be proclaimed. They can't also be people who jump the whole time to the end of times. The gospel should be proclaimed to every nation. And you are called in Australia to live in a decadent secular society now. Australia has changed. And we need to proclaim the gospel to your neighbor, your son, your daughter, your children-in-law, or your colleague. Australia has changed over the years. In the past, we have sent missionaries all over the world, to the dark places of the world. But all these people have now come to Australia. 
And we have become one of the most multicultural people in Australia. The nations are now in Australia. And the gospel needs to be preached. Will we succeed? Jesus said, do not be concerned about that. But say whatever is given you in that hour, for it's not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate witness. The most important for us is to witness and continue with our task. Then we have a future as the Lord's church, a light that is burning. Then we are proclaiming and preaching God's word and take the hand of every man, woman or child, bring them to church so that they can be the Lord's people. And this is challenging, and it will be challenging. Jesus said in verse 13 of our Bible reading, And you will be hated for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Where should we start? Always at your own home. And Jesus should be the most important in your house again. Teach Jesus to your children. Teach your children that Sunday is the day of the Lord. Teach them that Jesus is the head of the church. That they are the church, not this building. Teach them that they should be church the whole week. That the church will now go out into the world to be the Lord's witnesses. And on the Lord's day, the whole church of God will come together to worship God, to be strengthened, to be educated, to be blessed for the whole week to come. Teach them that all life is precious. And we should get our priorities right to start our day with the Lord, with Jesus and the gospel, because the kingdom of the coming of his kingdom is the most important. And this is the command that our Lord Jesus Christ, our King, gave us. Proclaim the gospel. Love the gospel. Let the gospel be in your kitchen. Let it be in your workplace. Let it be with drinking tea after the service where you greet the person you do not know. Be aware of the gospel the whole time and be mission-minded in everything you do and say. In our own circumstances, the Lord has blessed us with many visitors. Challenge yourself. Walk to them. Introduce yourself. Walk to a stranger and welcome him or her. Why did God not end the world today? Because we still have work. The gospel must be preached to all people who need to hear the good news that Jesus is Lord. To all the elect, think about it. Pray about it before you go to work. Think about your opportunities. Thank the Lord that he has given you another day to proclaim the gospel to your children, your friends, and even the stranger the Lord will bring on your path. In his grace, he gave us another day. Another opportunity to bring the gospel. I want to conclude. Proclaim the gospel of hope in this dark time. Jesus is the light in the darkness, the darkness that Australia has become. 
proclaim and live that Jesus was born, that Jesus is the son of David, the son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but above all, the son of God. Jesus is the light in the darkness, the hope. He is the anointed, the Messiah, the Christ born in Bethlehem. He came to take away the fear of death, the fear of life as well. Also a new life, a baby. To make you whole again. He came to give us hope in hopeless situations. Where the dark clouds of murder. Are rising in Australia. The gospel must first be proclaimed. Amen. Let us pray. Oh heavenly father. You gave your church. A wonderful task. An opportunity to preach the gospel. You also assured us that we don't have to be alarmed, we don't have to be afraid of things that are about to come because we serve a risen Savior. And your Spirit is the ultimate witness, together with your words, that we will be equipped to say what you want us to say when we need to testify about you. Father, we pray that you will strengthen your church, that you will equip your church to proclaim the gospel. That we will have your gospel and the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ always in mind. Father, we pray for this injustice that is happening in Australia. We pray for a country that's becoming more liberal in its laws. We pray for the strength, Lord. Our prophetic voice to call people to repentance. But also to give hope to mums, mothers who don't know anymore. To assure them that children is a blessing from the Lord. To assure them that all life is precious. Be with your church here, Lord. We thank you that we can be your witnesses. Thank you that we can proclaim the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.